programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members, and UPR is made possible today with the Program Day sponsorship from David and Jennifer Britt of Menden in celebration of Mary and Art Here's 50th wedding anniversary and their continued support of the arts. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. You hear the guitar music there of Corey Christiansen. He's our guest for the hour. We're going to hear some great music, have some conversation. Corey Christiansen is a recording artist, writer, educator, and performer. He's played and taught in literally every type of situation around the globe for the last decade. He's played with Dr. Lonnie Smith, Vic Juris, and uh, Danny Gottlieb, Jeff Coffin, many, many other jazz greats. And his latest recording, Lone Prairie, has received critical acclaim. It blends... Uh, Jazz, rock, blues, and music of the American frontier. Corey Christiansen has authored or co-authored over 70 method books. He's written many articles uh, for many of the major guitar magazines of North America. And he's developed the Modern Guitar Community, an online guitar learning site. He is assistant uh, professor of music at Utah State University. Uh, He'll be playing at a a special event coming up for Utah State University. We want to get the word out on this. That's on Saturday, August 5th. It's called The Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala. Hosted by Bruce Bugby and Diana West to benefit Utah Public Radio. And it's beginning at 6 p.m. Off-premise catering will serve the dinner and uh, entertainment will be given uh, by uh, Corey Christiansen, John Goodmanson, Max Matson, and uh, Jason Nicholson. So we'll be talking about that throughout the hour. Corey Christiansen, welcome to the program. Thanks. Um, we uh, appreciate you uh, being being with us. Uh, excited to hear some uh, great guitar music. I want to uh, start with your uh, background. We've had your yeah. father on the program several times. Yeah, right. So uh, growing up with a uh, guitar professor, inevitable that you'd get into the guitar or, or not? <laughs> I, th- I don't know if it was inevitable, but it was definitely uh, it was definitely a lot easier. That's for sure. Um, I you know I. I don't. I don't remember my parents, you know, really pushing me to to play, you know, the guitar. Um, I just wanted to do it from the time I was a, a little kid. So I started playing when I was about five years old, I guess. Well, and um, my dad always brought home really great recordings for me to listen to, you know, great guitar players, and so I just always been kind of a guitar junkie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what was it about guitar? Do you think versus other instruments? Or? Well, I. I mean, I. I think that the main thing was, you know, my dad was playing it, and I just thought that thought it was thought it was cool. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, all the early records that I listened to when I was, you know, when I was six years old, I had a little Fisher Price Tolex turntable that kind of would fold up into a briefcase that I could carry around. And my dad just brought home great records all the time. You know, mostly mostly classic rock stuff is what I started listening to when I was really young. Um, like old Led Zeppelin records and Jimi Hendrix records and Clapton records, which is not what my friends were were listening to. <laughs> you know, they were listening to different stuff as as six year olds, as you can imagine. Yeah. But I was really, really into those, you know, three or four records. Six years old, you're listening to uh, Clapton and Hendrix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, now we had a. I was uh, pretty convinced I was going to replace Jimmy Page <laughs> in Led Zeppelin. Right, hasn't worked out <laughs> hasn't yet. Worked out. Yes, yet. yet. That's, yeah. the, that's the key. Right. Uh, that's the key. Uh, just parenthetically, uh, you and I, in a, in a separate conversation, uh, you mentioned you've, was it Hendrix guitar? I did. You've, I you've played one played of Hendrix, Hendrix guitars guitar. just a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a, 
a recording session in um, Tampa uh, at a, a, a home studio. I was uh, doing a record for a friend of mine, but they had rented out a studio that just happened to be in somebody's residence, and it was a very nice um, studio and a, a you know beautiful home uh, also, to say the least. But the guy uh, is that owns it... Um, uh, on the studio was a guitar player and a, and a singer and uh, had this, this incredible guitar collection. I mean, really an incredible guitar collection. And I think the, the crown jewel of his collection that he'd picked up a, a, a while ago was, was one of Jimi Hendrix guitars. Mm. Yeah. What are you talking a little bit about to it? Do you, do you have special guitar heroes? Is, is Hendrix one of them? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, anybody that's probably, you know, from... Uh, you know, definitely my generation, I mean, would have to cite, you know, Jimi Hendrix as being some kind of, you know, hero. If you're playing modern music at, at all, I mean, he, he really had a, a, just a, such a huge impact on everything that was, um, uh, that was going on at the time. Uh, really changed the, the game for what guitar players thought was possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, on, he's probably on my short list. You know, a bunch of those British guitar players also, you know, I mean, Hendrix obviously wasn't British, but was quite popular in, um, uh, you know, over the pond and really put a lot of pressure on the British guitar players. You know, when he came out, it kind of put those guys on their ear a little bit. Uh, you know, Clapton um, was was one of my early influences, uh, mostly his stuff with the band Cream. I, I wasn't as into his solo st stuff, to be honest, but like the stuff he did with Cream was really uh, had a lot of um, impact on me. And Jeff Beck, mm. and, um, and then of course Jimmy Page. Uh, so yeah, basically anybody that played with the Yardbirds um, and then went <laughs> off to do their own thing right. was kind of. Uh, you know, had a, had a pretty big impact on me at, at a real young age. Yeah. All this is interrelated, isn't it? To those, uh, you know, those gar the guitarists you just mentioned, musicians, uh, over in England. Yeah. Were heavily influenced by American blues, right? And exactly. Influences. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of an interesting thing. I mean, they, you know, the American blues musicians, um, weren't as near respected as they should have been, you know, in their home country, um, until the British came over and told us how, how cool they were, mm -hmm. um, but there was yeah there was something definitely in the you know in the '60s that was uh, really about that music that was resonating with um, uh, a, a lot of British musicians. Yeah, and then uh, you know then they kind of brought our our music back back to us. Yeah, interesting that we had to be told from somebody on the outside how great our you know american blues tradition actually was right says uh, a lot about the time right. also right. you know with the with the different things that were going on regarding race relations and and, and whatnot but um but thank goodness they brought it back to us right right yeah, yeah. It's, it's been very influential it's wonderful yeah. music as i'm reading from your biography uh Corey christiansen's music draws on the tradition of the masters but leans toward the future rooted in the tradition of jazz language but uh, just bluesy and gritty enough not to alienate larger audiences. His music follows the first two recordings, and it goes on to talk about uh, traditional music as well. I wonder, I don't know if you do this in classes, and I didn't prep this at all. I wonder, yeah. I, I don't know if you could take us through the kind of the transition from blues to some of the rock artists that you admire. 
uh, you know, demonstrating that. I don't know. Yeah. Something you can do. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the early, early blues guitar players were, uh, um, were, were more solo players, you know? So, you know, they, they, and, and a lot of them were finger style players, you know? So they'd play, um, this is one my dad wrote actually. Mm-hmm. That's a traditional 12, 12 bar blues, mm-hmm. right? And uh, in in very much like an older Delta uh, Mississippi style. Um, so um, you know later, probably you know mor- morphing on, and you know some of the some of the musicians that start to copy maybe more of a you know like, not really a, a boogie woogie, but more of a more of a rock and roll kind of style. So that's you know that's more of like a rock and roll style mm-hmm. style blues, but it's all right. it's all blues form. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, you know a lot of blues players hear them talk about like a twelve bar blues, which is a very popular popular form. Hendrix played uh, those you know those blues forms. Red House, I mean that was one of his you know one of his signature tunes is is um, which was not one of uh, one of his uh, originals. Um, you know Red Red House is uh, traditional twelve bar blues, but a lot of those eight bar blues were what were what were so popular. I mean, they made you know kind of put Elvis on the map. And, mm. Right, you know. right. Wonder uh, take it now to transition to to jazz. Uh, the guitar has been very influential in in jazz. What yeah? What was the transition there? Well, you know, the guitar at the beginning of of jazz wasn't a solo instrument at all, uh, and that's because it um, you know it just wasn't loud enough. You had to compete with, um, you know, being in a, uh, you know, the early jazz music was mostly big band music more than combo, uh, combo music. And so you had, um, uh, you know, a guitar that was competing, um, you know, against an, uh, like against an entire big band for, for sonic space, which isn't going to happen when you go to take a solo. So it was more of a rhythmic instrument. And that's that kind of followed the banjo tradition, really. I mean, the early stringed, you know, rhythm section instrument was banjo. Banjo is kind of an interesting instrument. I mean, it cuts a lot more than the guitar, right, mm-hmm. as far as sonically speaking. I, I don't know, maybe literally also, I, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, the banjos. um Kind of an interesting instrument, really, in, in certain sonic space, it almost gets louder the further you are away from it. You know, I mean, the way that it cuts. I, the old joke is, you, you know, you don't know whether to run away from it or run <laughs> towards it, you know. Um, but the guitar, you know, uh, kind of by the 19, you know, 20s and 1930s, there were some builders, uh, you know, Gibson, 
company was one. Uh, Stromberg was another. D'Angelico was another. They started making archtop guitars, which is kind of like the guitar I'm playing today, but um, that had enough projection that they could actually kind of replace the, the banjo. And so it was a rhythm section instrument. And if I stick kind of with the same blues thing, uh, probably during that time, I mean, one of the most influential guitar players was a guy named Freddie Green, who played with the Count Basie Orchestra, and he just played chords all the time, and it, and like a, what they call four to the bar playing too. So he'd uh, um, if the bass player is walking along, do 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 do, he's going to chunk chords right in sync with that. So. If I was playing a blues like in a Freddie Green style, let's see, one, two, one, two, three. Probably what he would do all night long is just chunk chords. In fact, uh, you know, guitarists didn't really start taking solos until uh, the the electric guitar technology had developed, you know, a little bit more. So um, by the time we get to Charlie Christian, who was playing with Benny Goodman, which is a very important band also because it's one of the first um, uh, desegregated bands. I mean, ben, Benny Goodman was was hiring, you know, black musicians um, uh, in a very, uh, well, his band was very popular. It was a very public band. Um, and, uh, you know, he he really had a, a, a mix of, of different races in the band, which is, uh, was, I think, one of the most important things Benny Goodman did. I mean, he's a great clarinet player, but going beyond that, uh, Charlie Christian was in his band, who was a guitar player from Oklahoma, and uh, played electric guitar. So Freddie Green made a career out of just playing, you know, those four to the bar chords uh, with that acoustic sound. He, you know, the stories are that you know he he did eventually buy an electric guitar and he had an amplifier and and. Uh, and the band would give him a solo once in a while because he could be heard, but that the the band was so used to the sound of the ensemble with Freddie playing chords, and they, he was really responsible for a lot of the way the music felt, that when he stopped playing his rhythm part, the band didn't feel as good. And so uh, the band actually sabotaged his amplifier <laughs> so that uh, he couldn't, take solos mm. you know he said well you know the amps broke no solos mm -hmm. for for freddie tonight <laughs> so kind of <laughs> kind of a mm. i guess a good anecdote for you know the good of the music is more important yeah. than the the good of the player right right if you just joined us we're talking with uh, Corey christiansen he is a jazz guitarist he's an educator he's assistant professor of music at uh, utah state university uh he's uh, authored many articles for major uh, guitar magazines for downbeat uh, magazine he's developed the modern guitar community an online guitar learning site performs around the world and we have him in studio today you can uh, get a question or comment through maybe a request to cory christiansen by email to upraccess at gmail.com upraccess at gmail.com uh love to hear a a, a piece want to hear a piece play? yeah let's play a piece and then um we'll, then we'll take a break okay um I'll play uh, 
Oh, man, this is one. It's probably too early in the morning to play this, but I'll try it anyway. Uh, this is a piece that I, I learned years and years ago. I think I was 13 or 14 when I learned this. Uh, it's written by the great Johnny's, uh, guitar player Johnny Smith. He wrote this for his dog. It's called Wally's Waltz. Beautiful. What's that called again? Wally's Waltz. Wally's Waltz. You can imagine what kind of dog he was. Yes, yeah, that's right. Wally's yeah. Waltz. All right. Um, let's uh, take a break. When we come back uh, in the next segment, I uh, want to hear something from your uh, latest CD. Okay. We'll that queued up. Cool. And we'll hear some more music live in uh, studio. We're talking with Corey Christiansen. He's guitarist and uh, assistant professor of music at Utah State University. I want to plug an event that uh, Corey Christiansen will be playing at. It's an event for Utah Public Radio. It's called the Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala. It's hosted by Bruce Bugby and Diana West to benefit Utah Public Radio. And it's Saturday, August 5th, and tickets for that go on sale July 1st. So that's coming up, and you can go to upr.org, upr.org for, for those. Uh, Dr. Bruce Bugby is founder of Apogee Instruments and USU professor in the Plant, Soils, and Climate Department. Diana West is executive administrator and curriculum director at Walden School of Liberal Arts in Salt Lake City, and they are uh, hosting the Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala to benefit Utah Public Radio Saturday, August 5th. Tickets go on sale July 1st. Information at upr.org. More with Corey Christiansen following this break. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. You're hearing Corey Christiansen play his guitar. Corey Christiansen is assistant professor of music at Utah State University. He performs all over the world. He's a critically acclaimed jazz guitarist. Has several CDs out, the latest of which is Lone Prairie. And we're going to hear some music from that uh, just uh, shortly. We have him uh, in our studios for some great music and conversation, and uh, thanks to him. Uh, and we're uh, plugging as well an event that he's going to be performing at, uh, music at uh, the Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala uh, to benefit Utah Public Radio, which is Saturday, August 5th. It'll be provided by the USU Department of Music, Aggie Music Project, featuring Corey Christiansen, John Goodmanson, Max Matson, and uh, Jason Nicholson. That, as I say, is August 5th. Tickets go on sale July 1st at uh, upr.org, and that's hosted by Bruce Bugby and Diana West. There'll be tours of the Alvin D. Crockett home on Crockett Avenue in Logan, um, owned by Bruce Bugby and Diana West, the hosts. Uh, great garden there. There'll be uh, music, plain air, watercolor demonstrations. 
uh, Bella Vita photo booth available for photos, and it's all benefiting Utah Public Radio. So it's August 5th. Tickets go on sale July 1st. Go to upr.org for more information. And you can uh, get to, through this ca- uh, conversation and uh, music by with your request. Perhaps you have a question or comment for uh, Corey Christiansen. The way to get to us here is upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at uh, gmail.com. Uh, uh, so I'm interested, uh, Corey Christiansen, uh, this CD is, uh, or, or all of your music, is described as blending jazz, rock, blues, which I, you know, I could, I, I was with you, and then music mm-hmm. of the American frontier, right? Which is kind of weird, right? One of these is not like the others, <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you'll probably explain that how it's completely yeah. like the others. Well, I, you know, I guess I for the last few years um, I've been doing projects that really have toyed with and um, kind of explored the concept of blending elements of jazz and um, basically like old cowboy tunes. Um, And uh, it's really because I think that's just kind of who I've always been. You know, I wanted to do some records that were not, uh, well, that were just very honest about my musical journey. I grew up here in the valley and... um, at a young age, I was playing a lot of bluegrass music, a lot of old folk music, a lot of old cowboy tunes. And, uh, of course, I got into the rock and blues thing and then um, uh, became probably better known as a straight-ahead jazz guitar player, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and and I liked playing all that music, but I thought it would be, you know, kind of interesting and, and uh, selfishly rewarding to see if I, you know, what I could do if I blended all of these elements together. So, so the, um, most of the, the repertoire is old cowboy tunes, uh, that I, that I arrange and, um, and then, uh, I'm using concepts that I've learned, you know, that are, you know, jazz harmony jazz jazz language mm. so i'm arranging them in a very jazz ensemble kind of way but the but the core uh you know tunes and melodies are all uh are all old cowboy tunes very except well what i do is i record you know i'll I'll, re- I'll arrange maybe you know four or five cowboy tunes and then i start to write um original music that that i feel is kind of expired inspired from being in this this space and and working on this 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 music so um half of my records are originals uh, with this project which is called the lone prairie band um half of the tunes are arrangements of old cowboy tunes and then half of them are originals mm. let's hear one let's hear streets of laredo anything you want to say about this well that's just an old you know mm-hmm. classic classic cowboy tune mm-hmm. um you know one one thing that's kind of interesting about all of this uh in all this music is when I really got into it, um, uh, I wanted this record to kind of tell the story of, you know, a, uh, of, of a cowboy kind of moving west and finding himself. And so um, there's not a lot of cheery lyrics in this repertoire. I mean, it's most of them are about uh, death and, uh, you know, some kind of pretty severe struggle. Um, so 
Streets of Laredo is definitely no mm-hmm. exception about that. I mean, Laredo was a was a border town, and you know, people were kind of moving back and forth. Uh, you, a lot of uh, a lot of people that were on the run. So, I mean, those border towns were pretty rough. You know, rough rough areas. Um, so, yeah, this I I don't know how else to say it. I guess it's just you know the tunes about a dead cowboy. So. Mm. All right. Let's. And anything you want to say about your ensemble? You got. Uh, oh well, it's a world class band. Mm-hmm. Matt Jorgensen on drums from um, Seattle. Uh, Jeremy Allen on bass. Uh, he's from. Uh, I used to teach with him at the University of Indiana. Same as Mike Spiro, who's uh, really one of the world's great percussionists. Um, Steve Ali, uh, who's also a Midwesterner, who's a, uh, just an like one of the best piano and keyboardist on the planet right now he works with a lot of a lot of really really big names and uh zach lapidus who um who is kind of he's been an up and coming now he's getting a little bit bigger name for himself but uh um originally from portland came to or portland area came to uh, uh study at the university of indiana now he's in in new york hmm. yeah. let's hear uh, streets of laredo
You're listening to Access U. Tom, Tom Williams, and uh, we have in the studio Corey Christiansen, guitarist and uh, educator and uh, performer, and uh, we're enjoying some great music. Uh, that was Streets of Laredo. That's from Lone Prairie, which is the latest CD from uh, Corey and uh, his ensemble. What's what's the band well, not, called? Not the latest CD. That's, oh, it's not the that's, latest. That's okay. about three years old. Oh, yeah, it was? Okay. Three, four years old. Yeah, Factory Girl is the latest. That's the latest. The latest We're going to hear something from that uh, coming yeah, up. So. Right. At that point, Lone Prairie, you're... You're going into traditional, Western traditional music. Right. Yeah. Yep. Kind of blending everything. Yeah. 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 That was a kick to hear Streets of Laredo. It's very familiar, of course. Right. Yeah. It's uh, one of those melodies kind of a, most people have heard. In a jazz style there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you're playing electric guitar there. Right. Uh, um, yep. And I'm, uh, that reminds me of a series that's ongoing on the public radio program here and now that we have here at Middays. Uh-huh. They're uh, doing a series where uh, listeners email in with their favorite, I guess, uh, rock icon guitarists. Oh, yeah. And so that gives them an excuse to hear you know, some incredible shredding. Right, you know, yeah. We heard, uh, I think last time, this last week, we heard uh, Eddie Van Halen. Right. And I, I can't remember who else. Yeah. And you got the electric Great guitar, guitar and, you know, incredibly, and you got incredibly fast fingering, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, which we heard a little bit of, of you do there. I'm sure you could do it. Right. Yeah. The style of it, Van Halen, those, those others as well. Well, I mean, I, you know, I grew up playing in bands in the eighties, so everybody was trying to, you know, to do that. Uh, you know, the eighties were, were a time where, you know, rock and roll music or metal or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it really was about virtuosity mm-hmm. to yeah. a certain to a certain degree, uh, there were, you know, just so many great, great guitar players, you know, Eddie Van Halen and Steve I, Paul Gilbert. I mean, the list is really, really long. Alex Skolnick, who actually, Alex Skolnick, um, who was a guitar player for Testament, uh, you know, really, really great metal uh, and shredder uh, player. He uh, he actually took some time off and, and went to... Uh, back to school to learn how to be a jazz guitar player. Oh, really? Yeah, really? I studied with a friend of mine in New York at, at mm-hmm. a, a jazz school called the New School. He studied with, uh, I think he studied with Vic Juris, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, and the other faculty at the at the New School. Yeah. But, um, so that, that kind of goes where I wanted to, to, to go with this, which is, uh, you know, that's certainly a style. It's, it's, it's a very ostentatious display of virtuosity, right? It yeah, right. Kind of comes, comes and goes in, in, in style, but uh, where do you place that in relation to, I guess, what you do with a, in the jazz guitar? Um, I, Cal, I don't know. I mean, that's a really great question. But I'm probably going to give you a lame answer, which is I just don't think about it. Okay. You know, I mean, when, when I when I'm playing, I don't really think, oh, you know, in this in this measure, I'm going to, you know, uh, play something from my shredder years or mm-hmm. or whatever. I I just um, it's uh, it, when I'm playing, it all just come becomes a um, um, sounds. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. that uh, that I that I'm not isolating or putting boxes or, around the the sounds. They're just sounds that I know how to make. And mm-hmm. you know, ninety percent of the music I play, maybe even a higher percentage of that, is all improvised music. So mm-hmm. it has to do with uh, me just pre-hearing something in my head, and then there's muscle memory that's attached to those sounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, so you know, it's it's hard for me to say how I would put all that together or, you know, like there's no really formal structure of like, oh, in this context, I will always do this. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's for me, it's doesn't really work that way. It's just, 
you know, uh, almost 40 years, I can't believe I'm going to say that, but almost 40 years of playing the guitar mm-hmm. and just learning what all these sounds feel like and being able to, you know, draw on them at any, any given time. Yeah. The, the Lone Prairie band, um, live is, is a pretty high energy band. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there's probably more, more shredding with that band than any band I've ever led. That's, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Right. But I can't say on which tune it's going to happen. It just happens sometimes. <laughs> Go, goes, goes, goes by feel. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a common muscle memory, and then you, yeah. then you improvise. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's no different yeah. than talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, we've all spoke this language, you know, that we're communicating with right now enough that um, you don't really have to think about what your tongue and your lips and your and your teeth and your jaws doing to make certain sounds. You just have ideas. Mm-hmm. And you know what those ideas will feel like when you make make them into when you turn them into sound, and that's kind of the same thing with the, yeah, you know, playing this improvised music. If you just joined us, we're uh, talking with Court Christiansen, uh, guitarist, performer, educator. He's assistant professor of music at Utah State University, and uh, he is along with others at Utah State University providing music at the Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala. We're plugging that uh, today. That's uh, on Saturday, August 5th, hosted by Bruce Bugby and Dinah West to benefit Utah Public Radio. And so that'll be in Logan, and tickets go on sale for that July 1st. You can find out more information uh, at upr.org. Uh, so let's, uh, can we have another tune? Sure. Before we yeah, go to break? Play, you know, I, the, the last little while I've kind of been getting into um, the music of Thelonious Monk. So maybe I'll play a Thelonious Monk tune for you just kind of a quick little version of it this is ask me now Some Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk. Yeah. yeah. Wonder, wonderful. What was the title again? Ask Me Now. Ask Me Now. Corey Christiansen yeah. playing some Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, we will uh, be hearing from uh, Corey's latest CD, uh, Factory Girl. We'll be hearing uh, old Joe Clark. More following this break.
Thanks for listening to Access Utah. You're hearing Corey Christiansen play the guitar. He's our guest for the hour. Corey Christiansen uh, is a recording artist, writer, educator, performer. He's played and taught in literally every type of situation around the globe and has played with uh, many of the jazz greats. And uh, he uh, has uh, several CDs out, the latest of which is called Factory Girl, and we're about to hear uh, some music from that. I want to remind you that uh, we are uh, introducing uh, the idea of a uh, Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala and announcing that. That's happening August 5th. It's hosted by Bruce Bugby and Dinah West to benefit Utah Public Radio. So we hope that you'll uh, support us there. That's in uh, Logan. And on August 5th, as I mentioned, tickets go on sale July 1st. And uh, tickets are $100 per person, uh, $60 without dinner, and a lot of great stuff happening, including music offered by the USU Department of Music, Aggie Music Project, which includes Corey Christiansen. There'll be plain air art watercolor demonstrations. Uh, there'll be a beautiful garden there inspired by Buckminster Fuller. Tours of the Alvin D. Crockett home. That's where the uh, where Bruce Bugby and Dinah West live, historic home. And uh, there'll be uh, great food there as well. Well, Bruce Bugby and Dinah West are uh, hosting this Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala, benefiting Utah Public Radio. That's on August 5th in Logan. And tickets uh, available on July 1st. Go to upr.org, upr.org. So, Corey Christiansen, uh, tell me about uh, Factory Girl. So, Factory Girl is the second record that I've done uh, for Origin Records that has this, uh, I guess, the concept of blending all of these different genres of music together. Um, kind of started off that, uh, you know, Lone Prairie really was kind of the the story of a man coming out west the uh, factory girl was uh, intended to be more of like the story of the female from the female side and there was a couple tunes that slipped in that didn't really keep with that theme but there most of the tunes on factory girl are either about women or are traditionally sung by by women or st- stories that women you know tell in in song there are a couple of exceptions, but that was that was mostly the the theme. So we're going to hear old Joe Clark. Anything you want mm-hmm. to say about this? Uh, no, just old Joe Clark. I mean, that's one of those tunes a lot of a lot of bluegrass players play. I you know I to be honest, I'm not sure the origins of the tune. I know it goes way way back. Um, it's a, like an Appalachian tune, so um, uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, chord or harmonic changes. Um, which is great to to apply that to a jazz context because a lot of jazz after 1959 became modal, you know, meaning like one chord, you know, vamps. So this this tune just kind of, you know, plays itself well once you learn it. Okay, all <laughs> yeah. right. And you've learned it. Okay. Yeah. So here's Corey uh, Christiansen from his uh, CD Factory Girl. This is Old Joe Clark.
Jones. That is uh, from Corey Christiansen's uh, CD, Factory Girl, and that's Old Joe Clark. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, we just, uh, we're coming down to the end of uh, time. I want to maybe fit in a, another uh, live performance. What, what can you play for us? Um, I can play a little, uh, another jazz standard for you. This is called Darn That Dream. Uh, tell us the name of the piece again. Darn That Dream. Darn That Dream. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, well, we're reaching the end of our time uh, together. Corey Christiansen is a guitarist. Uh, his uh, CDs are out and available. We just uh, heard uh, uh, selections from uh, uh, the latest, uh, Factory Girl. And uh, more information at CoreyChristiansen.com, I believe is your uh-huh. website. Right. And uh, Corey Christiansen is assistant professor of music at Utah State University. So just the 30 seconds left, you're off, I guess, performances kind of I, on a regular basis? Let's see, yeah, I, quite a few. I, I, less around here, um, playing next week twice, uh, Wednesday night uh, in Salt Lake uh, at 7 p.m. at Club 90 with uh, Jay Lawrence Quartet. I'm playing um, at the Galvin Center for the Excellence in the Community on the 22nd, next Thursday. I think that also starts at 7 or 7.30 right there at the at the, the Galvin Center. I forget what the address, right downtown. Right, right, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I'm off for some, you know, national stuff after, okay. after that. Excellent. Yeah. And Decor Christiansen will be playing for us at a, a, a benefit for Utah Public Radio, and that's August 5th. It's called The Shape of Summer Garden and Arts Gala. It's hosted by Bruce Bugby and Dinah West. It benefits Utah Public Radio. That's happening August 5th in Logan. Tickets are on sale July 1st. You can go to upr.org. Corey Christiansen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. You're listening to Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard at upr.org.